Connecting with Janet is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates, as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhaza, and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. We're chatting this afternoon with Peter Duck Ace live from a film shoot out in the Rebeck Valley. And um, where are you, Peter? Just remind me. Yes, I'm in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, my goodness. It's here off the N7. Ah, okay. You're in our local Philadelphia. How fantastic. Yes. So, Peter, I mean, it's not everybody that gets to have five. How many honorary doctorates do you have? I'm learning things about you I didn't know. Five honorary doctorates. Do you remember you have all of these? Yes, I think (laughs) think only my cat calls me doctor, 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 doctor. (laughs) Well, it's fascinating that so many people, and, and completely understandable that everybody has seen your your worth and feels the need to constantly give you accolades. We send you lots of kisses because we don't have honoraries to hand out. So we're sending you lots of kisses from the Magic 828 studio here in Century City in Cape Town. And we're very pleased that you could join us, Peter, to talk to us about all things darling, darling. And um, born in Cape Town, I'm not allowed to say, but a long and wonderful time ago, uh, Peter has been in the theatre since the mid-1960s, which is around the time when I was born. So he is very seasoned and with lots of experience. And he's been a part of all of our lives in so many different ways, from uh, the days of the Rubicon to the days of Evita. Peter, I mean, I think of my life, and you've been part of that fabric in in the 80s, in the 90s, and in the 2000s. And as recently as a few months ago, you continue to stay relevant. And that's a a real testimony to you. Well, thank you. (laughs) I keep on listening to you. I keep on thinking, who is she talking about? (laughs) Nirvat, it's you. (laughs) It's definitely you, Peter. And, you know, not everybody has the ability to reinvent themselves constantly. Uh, but you managed to do that and you managed to stay relevant and stay in our fabric. And that takes a lot of energy and creativity. What a wonderful place to do it from, darling. And this has been part of your, your the fabric of your life for a long time. Please tell us about what it's like to live in Darling and be the center of all things. You know, we say Darling and we say your name synonymously. Well, it was a wrong turning in, 1970, in 1995, the first Freedom Day in the New Democracy, I thought I'd take a drive out to McGregor because I heard it was lovely. So I get into the car and I drive off to McGregor and I end up in Darling. So I took a wrong turning because I'm going to <laughs> Brazil and ending up in China. Amazing. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, man, what the hell am I doing? And then I saw a little sign for a restaurant, German restaurant called some Shatsu. And I thought, oh, well, I'll go and have a schnitzel in Darling. And then when I got to the restaurant, Herman, the German, said, no, no, we are not open yet to the cow is still in the field. Why not you just walk around the town and have a look and uh-huh. then come back in an hour? So I go out of the restaurant and in the street is a young woman selling the house across the road. And she says, oh, I saw your show at the Baxter last week. Why are you in Darling? I said, well, I'm on my way to McGregor. She said, no, you're not going to be near McGregor. You're in the wrong. She said, she said, you know, darling. I said, actually, no. She said, let me show you around. I'm selling another house up the hill and I'll, I'll show you the the prettiness of Darling. So she she drove through this very pretty little town up to, up to this house they were selling, which was a derelict old Victorian house. 
And she said, we can't sell this. It's a nightmare. There are snakes under the floorboard. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I said, oh, my God, I want to buy it. <laughs> I've got to buy this house. And then it continued. I bought the house in the car. Oh, my and goodness. I drove, Town. I drove back to Cape Town, having bought a dirty house in Darling. And I said to my friends, I bought a house in Darling. They said, why? <laughs> and I thought, I don't know. I thought, I made a mistake. So the next day I got in the car and I drove back to Darling. Went to the estate agent and I said, listen, um, I'm just going to have a look at the house, but I don't think it's the right thing. And he said, well, just go look and make your mind up, but we're here for you if you need us. And I went back to the house looking at it, thinking, God, no, it's such a mess, it's impossible. A car stopped behind my car and a young man got out and said, I believe you just bought this house. I said, yes, well, no, I'm not so, not so sure. He said, well, listen, I've just got back from London. I restore Victorian houses. Oh, wow. And restore this house for you as a showcase. How How phenomenal. About things that are meant to be. The universe. It took six months to to fix the house up. And then we moved uh, moved into the house of the cats. And then two or three months later, the little station, the old driving station, which had been rusty and empty for tens of ten years, people said it needs to be hired out because otherwise it's going to be broken down. Uh Uh-huh. What a delightful story, Peter. Really a delightful story. I um I love the story about the car and the house and then this man who appears and says, Let me restore this for you. It's magical. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely like watching a play. And uh, I think that is just a testimony to the kind of life you've had. It's all been you know, things and energies coming together, making magic. And you make magic for us all the time when you're on stage, when we hear you on radio. It's a familiar thing. It feels like, it's almost like Rick Coffee, you know. It's that thing we grew up with. <laughs> it's the thing we grew up with. We know it. It's comforting. It's uh, it's always there. And we just immediately respond when we hear your voice, Peter. It's just so, so special. Mm. And, uh, you know, just looking well, at I, the journey. No, I think I was just going to, going to add that the one thing about Darling, which is very close to all of us, is, is uh, what, what we managed to discover through the two and a half years of COVID. When suddenly we were isolated, like everybody was isolated from the rest of the world in their houses behind closed doors. And suddenly we realized that you the neighbors are the closest people you have and the people in the streets look hungry and they shouldn't be. And suddenly the community became its own country. And I really believe that the future of South Africa lies in the reality that we make community the kind of a dual of democracy, the dual in the kind of democracy. I mean, the communities are, you know, the beginning of all life in our country, the children's first steps to school, you know, security and and. And, and health and plants and trees and, and, and everything that makes a family happy should be really cared for. And I think I have learned that lesson through this extraordinary two and a half years that we've all been I couldn't that. agree and more. The darling community really looked after each other. We looked after each other then. That is just phenomenal. I couldn't agree more, Peter. It's forced us to look at ourselves, how we engage with the people around us, what we are meant to be in a community, in a society. And God God knows all the crap that goes on around us with government. We just have to take responsibility for ourselves, the people closest to us, the communities that we live in. And I think that Yours is a story of local economic development without even realizing it. You invested in a home. No. You created a whole community of, you know, of artists. You created a space where people could come and express themselves. And the fact that it still stands today, reimagined, uh, creatively revisioned, is just a, a phenomenal success because it's there. It's well, still I'm there. Told, I must say, I'm really excited by what... Um Fritz and Henty, what they're doing, they've kept the brand, they've kept the, the fun, they've kept the museum, they've kept the cats, they've kept everything that's there 
is really my wish list of the last 15 to 20 years. They managed to put it all into reality. And uh, I have my little stage there, and on weekends I still do my work. Yes. You know, some people go to the gym, I go to the stage. <laughs> and uh, I have funny people there every Sunday. Um, Darling, it's been wonderful as always. Yes, see you soon. Ciao, ciao, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Ciao. Bye. What a delight this man is. Hey. And we're just still on the high, having spoken to Peter Duck Ace. Thank you for joining us, Diane. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here, and it's a great opportunity. So, thank you. You're most welcome, Diane. We're chatting about all things darling this morning and, uh, you know, fresh out of our conversation with Peter, telling us how phenomenal it is and the love story of how he found the house and the car and uh, the restorer who actually um, brought the house to its former glory. Um, But Diane, you say that you love living in darling. And it really is one of those lifestyles that you that you can espouse, you know, the small town lifestyle. It's um, you've had the unique opportunity to assist with the marketing of Darling. And I love the branding. Hello, Darling, because it just says it just says it in all its expressions. You know, however you say it, it encapsulates all things, Darling. And it's so clever and so quirky. But over to you, Diane. We'd love to hear about the campaign. We'd love to hear about, uh, you know, what the thought process is and how you're rolling it out and, and incorporating all your products in the Darling area. Hello there. Yes. Um, I think it came about because people often, when they phone the tourism info office, they will say, hello, darling. <laughs> so it was kind of a natural progression from that. Um, and it's also something that um, our favorite ambassador, Peter Dirk Ace, a.k.a. Tani Vita, often says, hello, darling. So, yeah, it's, um, it's something that catches people's attention. And obviously, our, our aim as a tourism destination marketing um, body is to bring people into darling. And darling is all things quirky. There, there are a lot of really different things that happen here. And um, we love the fact that everybody's welcome in Darling. Um, Our community is built up of a whole lot of arty, quirky, different people. And I think our tourism um, offerings that we have here show that as well. Um, We really do offer something different. And for a small town, there's an amazing amount of... um, of things happening always in Darling. It seems like the busiest town in South Africa, Diane. <laughs> you know, what with the, the Swartland Kitchen, Evita Saparan, Darling Brew, Duckett Nursery. I'm seeing all the or- orchids are in full bloom and there's tours being offered. There's so many exciting things happening. And of course, you've got Hello Darling. Peter Dirk Ace there every day. I was practically starstruck the last time I was there because I got to sit and chat with him. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, from the 80s, my entire student life, you know, as somebody in the arts, this is an iconic moment for me. Uh, it really was what Oprah would call an aha moment, spending time with <laughs> Peter. 
And then, of course, there's so many other special things about Darling. It's uh, it's really a unique town, but I don't need to tell you that. You, you're there to market it. You're the marketing person. And you obviously love what you do because look at all of these great products and, and experiences that have been packaged so beautifully. Diane, I, I'd really like to hear about some of the offerings in Darling, just an overview. We are going to be speaking to Hente van der Melva from Kosi Sikalele and Stefan Moser from um, the Darling Lodge. But just an, a bird's eye view from you would be great to entice our listeners to come out to spend the weekend or a week or even come as a digital nomad to Darling. It's a perfect spot. Um, it really is. I mean, we, we perfectly positioned on the West Coast, just an hour out of Cape Town. And we always say it's, it's only an hour out of the stresses and strains of the city. But um, I, I think... Immediately when you come into Darling, you feel that that pressure drop away. People are friendly. It's a small community. Everybody knows each other. Um, and I think that the Darling brand is an easy brand to sell. Um, we've I've lived here now for many years, and I'm, I'm still amazed all the time by the creativity and the innovation of people who live here. And especially during COVID times and that, all kinds of things happened, even though, um, you know, we couldn't have events. Still, tourism carried on in a smaller way. Um, and now this year again, um, coming up is our busiest season during August, September with the wildflowers. Um, our wildflower show is being held from the 16th to the 18th of September. Um, it's the first one in two years, and it's going to be a little different this year. Um, the flower show is going back. To I think everything is a little different this year. You're right. <laughs> we like that. <laughs> we like different in Darling. Um, so it's going to take place at the Darling Museum where the original flower shows took place. Um, but the idea is that people come in, park their car, come and visit the flower show at the museum, walk down the road, go and see the, the Darling Market. Um, there's a, a little Thursday market that takes place with, with local people's um, eats and products. Um, just up the road um, from the museum, there will be a silent disco taking place on the Saturday evening. There's so a big market. I think it will be fun. It's a, that is a first for Darling. We haven't had a silent disco here before, but um, they're well, going to be. Let me just tell you, Diane. I suspect that I invented the silent disco because I can never <laughs> really keep rhythm with whatever song is playing. So <laughs> the concept of silent disco is not new to me at all. I'm never <laughs> dancing the way I'm supposed to. <laughs> Well, what's going to make it even more exciting is that there's three different styles of music. There's um, classical music, there's going to be house music and 80s rock. So you can choose your music of choice and dance away oblivious to everything else going around you. So um, fun. Yes, and then, of course, there's the Orchid um, Fair as well, that same weekend, 16th to 18th, Duckett Nurseries, big orchid um, nursery just outside of town. Um, they'll have their greenhouses open. People can go and visit there and buy lots of orchid plants and flowers and visit one of their greenhouses as well. Um, yeah, so so really a lot going on that weekend. Um yeah, what else? Um, also, just outside no, of Darling. Time, sorry, Diane. Mm -hmm. The last time I was there, I didn't get to go to Ducket, and it wasn't the season. So I'm really looking forward to coming back and seeing the orchids and uh, doing some of the things I didn't do the last time. I think that's the beauty of Darling, is that you can come back over and over again and have a completely different experience. I remember my very first visit just driving through and discovering this little heavenly chocolate cake place. And I had chocolate cake and a cup of coffee and I was on my way somewhere else. And it was literally a blur. 
Of course, now I'm, I'm older and wiser and I stay longer because I know the value of Darling. It's just uh, one of those places one can keep coming back to. And I think there's a uniqueness about Darling. It's actually just the energy and the creativity of the people who live there. It's like being on the set of some film, you know, the beautiful characters dressed up and with their stories of how they got to get to Darling, like Pito's story about how he found the house is just <laughs> such a fun story. I mean, I uh, was looking for a house once and uh, a man it looked very derelict, you know, so I would look for the houses that didn't have electricity in the evenings and looked really run down. And so I went up there all gung ho and a man came out with a gun and I said to him, I've come to buy the car. <laughs> Needless to say, I spent a thousand rand on a, four, on a little VW Chico. I bought the car, I never got the house. So hats off to to Peter because he got both in one fell, one fell swoop. I didn't know what else to say. The man had this massive gun. I was petrified and I was on his property and he said, I'm tired of people coming here to buy my house. I live here. I don't like lights. I like the candlelight. <laughs> so it's quite fun to hear that Peter got both in one fell swoop. So, and it sounds like there's a lot happening in Darling and there's a lot happening all the time. I think it's a great effort that's being made by the town to keep people coming back over and over again because there is, it is an evolving landscape and uh, you can't just do a once-off visit. You come back for something new and exciting that's happening and, uh, you know, it's, it's a place that could become a regular with domestic tourists. And I think that we're all going that route of investing in our communities, buying local, producing local, eating local, doing everything that supports the community closest to us. And it's a sign that we're becoming self-sufficient communities. And I think that is hugely empowering. And I think that Darling is doing a lot of that. That's something that people in Darling do very well, actually, supporting local. You're quite right. Um, um, at Kwatu, for instance, just outside of um, Darling on the, the R27, um, the San Heritage Centre, um, they have a chef there in their restaurant who, um, who really does believe in foraging and growing things in their garden at Kwatu and their menu changes according to the season. What they can't grow on the land or um, the meat that they can't get there, they source locally um, and it's fair trade. And a lot of darling restaurants and places do that. Um, the guest houses, for instance, have the local um, darling toffees on their turndowns. Um, it's something that we all like to do in a small community. We like to support each other and um, send our visitors around from one place to the other so that they get the whole darling experience and not just speed through on the main road, but they discover new things all the time. Absolutely, Diane. Well, it sounds like there's a lot happening in Darling, Diane, and I thank you for joining us this afternoon on Jet Setting with Janet. I uh, really take my hat off to the Hello Darling concept. It's fun, it's quirky, and I simply love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Diane, all the best for a nice weekend ahead to you and the team. And we're going to now switch over to our other speakers. We're joined by Henti van der Merwe, who joins us from Kosi Sikalele, the wonderful little quaint restaurant started in Avita Saparan many moons ago and named after one of Peter Duck Ace's quirky um, cookbooks, which was written by Tani Evita Bezedenhout. Uh, Evita Saparan was started in early 2021 by the duo of Henty van der Merwe and Fritz van Reinefeldt. And I just want to add that the, the Rusks from Darling are the official sustenance for the team at Magic 88. We serve them to all of our guests. We very proudly show them off. And on my European visit very recently, Henty, I took some of the Rusks with me. And oh, we now have... 
you now have an, uh, a great Swiss market because I had to buy a box for my family back in Switzerland. They love it. They simply adore it. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so you're a global brand now, Henty. <laughs> Thanks, Janet. <laughs> so chef and artist Henty van der Merwe, you are the creative mind between the dishes served at Kosisikalele. And from the beginning, your vision has always been to serve food that embodies the interpretation of both local flavors and traditional ones. Paying homage to those people, our aunts, our grands, you know, the recipes that were handed down. A lot like in the Indian community, in the Afrikaans community, you were pulled closer, you were given the the recipe, it was usually not written down. It was a, a verbal exchange and you made notes for yourself or you simply watched very closely and you saw the pinch of this and the pinch of that. But Henty, all of this comes together so beautifully in your kitchen. It's such a pleasure being there. I'd love to hear from you what it's like being the center of this great space called Kosi Sikalele. Thank you. Thanks, Janet, and thanks for having me on your show. So when Fritz and I bought uh, the Peron about two years ago, we thought that it would be so wonderful to have uh, like a fine dining restaurant in Darling because, um, you know, we thought it's something that, that we could add to the offerings of, of the small town. And then so, so yeah, the, the restaurant is, as you say, it's named after... The, one of the cookbooks of Tani Vita Besaidnot. And as you know, the Tani is all about Afrikaans and South African, you know, culture and heritage and cooking. So um, being a, a chef myself, I sort of took that as a starting point. And it's it's really about interpreting those kind of home home recipes, as you say, from our grandmothers and our mothers and turning it into, into, a, into a fine dining kind of experience. So, and also tailoring, tailoring it for a more kind of a modern contemporary audience, because, you know, um, even though we love the food that our mothers and grandmothers serve on a Sunday after lunch at their house, we would be like ready to sleep for the rest of the afternoon because it's so full of butter and sugar and everything. And um, the, the audience of today, they don't really want that. So the food in general is much, much lighter and but still kind of heavy on flavor. Mm. Sounds wonderful, Henty. So what are some of the, the dishes that we can expect to taste on this menu? Are the well, old classics there? Yes. So, so we do a tasting menu. So it's eight courses uh, served every Sunday. It starts at one o'clock. And uh, I often take traditional uh, uh, dishes such as bubuti. So often we would reinterpret bubuti because, you know, that's Tani Vita's um, sort of choice for what she calls it bubuti of reconciliation. So it's kind of our signature. <laughs> yeah, so so she serves it to all the, the ambassadors that used to visit Papiti um, Kosweti. So so for us, it's so at the moment we have it as a as a souffle, which is a fun way of serving a babuti because it's it's super light. It's like eating a cloud, but still it tastes like babuti. And mm-hmm. then, for example, you know, often with babuti you would have uh, coconut, you know, coconut flakes and banana chips and things like that. So we turned the coconut into a sorbet. So we serve like this cold sorbet topped with banana flakes or banana chips next to the babuti souffle, things like that. So being really playful with traditional dishes. And That's also wonderful. Yeah, and we've done the babuti also as a, as a steak tartare for one, uh, you know, in the past, or as a ravioli. So it's really yeah, being having fun with, with, with South African traditional food. Well, it takes great creativity to do that, Henty. And I think that uh, it's wonderful that you can delight audiences with uh, remixed versions of uh, traditional recipes. You know, I think uh, just looking at Elton John and what he's done with his music, uh, it's all about the remix. And here you create a whole new audience for what is, in essence, a very traditional dish. And passed down through the ages. We all know this. We all look forward to it on a Sunday. But yes, I must admit, you know, that feeling of, oh, I need to be wheeled out of here is something that's quite common. And yes. and that's how you sort of pack for the whole weekend if you're going to a parent. Because you know that uh, you're going to have to sleep over. You can't make the drive back. And then exactly. you just leave from there for work on a Monday. 
<laughs> that kind of cuisine. Now, it's lots of fun being in the kitchen, Henty, but you also have this other aspect. You have the Swatland Kitchen, you have the Darling Sweets. It's so many different aspects to this business and it's all coming together so beautifully. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I'm seeing a lot of the, the Darling Sweets in hotel rooms um, as turnover treats at night the brand is really getting out there. And is this what you and, and Fritz envisaged as you started? Is this running ahead of you? Are you keeping up? Yes. And look, when we started the business um, eight years ago, we th- well, Fritz at that time had an antique shop and he said to me, please, can you not uh, you know, design a, a toffee for me to sell to tourists? Because often people come through and they don't want to buy a chair or a piece of you know, antique furniture. They just want something small to take home to their families as a, as a, like a little souvenir. So I said, yeah, sure. Not, not a problem. And then, you know, being this obsessive artist type person that I am, I I turned into two flavors and three flavors. And, 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 and then you soon realized that this could become a viable business and being in it together was always fun. So, but we never thought of it to become such a big brand, but um, you know, as it sort of gained momentum, it became more and more exciting and uh, it sort of made us realize, why stop? Why just, why not keep going? And, and indeed, it's, it's all over now and, and it's, it's, it's fun. You know, we also, we've added the caramels and it's a toffee spread. And uh, so it's a brand that keeps evolving and it, it's really nice to be involved in that, you know. The whole country thanks you, Henty. It's just phenomenal. And I believe that Fritz is at a show in Johannesburg marketing these sweets as well. Yes, exactly. He's at the Sarkta, uh, it's a retail uh, trade show. And uh, so all the, all the you know, retailers shopping for their Christmas uh, offerings are, are buying there. So we're very excited to be at Sarkta for today and then tomorrow still in Madrand and Gallagher That's State. Wonderful. That's wonderful. And then tell us the story about the Rusks. I mean, you know, yes. I've never been a Rusk fan. Honestly, yes. I've never been a Rusk fan, but I am now. And my favorite, oh, the almond one and the citrus, they're just so delicious. It's, um, yeah, I can, now, I can now say I had a, a coffee and a Rusk and people are like, what? I've never known you to be a Rusk person, but yes, you've made me a Rusk person. Oh, bless you. No, um, so, so what happened with the Rusks is that I was, you know, I'm being an, a farm boy from Namibia, myself with a mother who used to bake Rusks all the time. It's something that's very close to my heart. And, you know, it, also um, it's, it's so, such a South African tradition. And um, so, so there's a lady in Darling who used to sell her rusks at the farmers markets in you know around around Darling and in Kruitbos Market. And um, I always said to Fritz, oh, I'd love to to you know have a rusk business, but we thought no, we're not going to start a rusk another rusk business. There's already one in Darling. And then she decided to sell her business, and then that was the opportunity for us to to buy it um, in. 2019. And then I took all the recipes and I redesigned them and we, we made it a new brand. We called it the Swatland Kitchen. And um, yeah, and we just added to the offering of the Darling Sweet retailers. So it was, we already had our market and, um, you know, it's so one. And of course, then we, we, we moved into the Peron, which makes perfect sense because Tani Vita is the icon of Afrikaans, Tani's cooking. And um, so we just uh, took it from there and, and we've now have the biscuits as well. We've got three different types of typical South African biscuits, the flour cookie and the soot cookie and the ginger biscuits. And um, it's going you know, from strength to strength. We've, we've now launched a twin pack. So it's like little two rusks in a, a little pack that uh, hotels can, you know, offer as part of their, their turn down service, you know. Mm. Well, Henty, very humbly telling us about all of his successes, but he is definitely the king of the remix. And uh, whether it's remixed toffee or remixed um, recipes or taking the humble rusk and turning it into something very fancy. You see what I love, Henty, is the fact that you can say, I had an almond and an orange rusk with my coffee. It's not just buttermilk. (laughs) <laughs> and I love oh, that I love that that you know all these beautiful flavors come in and uh, the offering of the no sugar is great because it creates options for people yes 
you know, I'm really so, I just love that this is a homegrown brand. It's grown from what it is to where it's at now. It's engaging with retailers. It's in hotels. Whenever I see it, I feel the same way about uh, a toffee or a rusk like I do when I see one of my cars on the road. I still get excited because it's that familiarity of, oh, I know this brand. I know the people behind it. And it's so fun and fantastic. So, Henty, I think uh, being an artist and being in the kitchen is a wonderful combination. I would recommend it to anybody if it brings the kind of produce that you've been giving us. We continue to enjoy as South Africans. And it's really one of those brands that I associate as closely as uh, Mrs. Ball's chutney because it's so iconic. It's so special. And that's the kind of trail you're blazing. So I thank you for all of your creativity. And I wish you and and Fritz all the very best as you continue this journey. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. It's been great chatting to you, Henty. I am definitely going to go to the cupboard for a coffee and a rusk after this because now it is net opgewonder and <laughs> remembering how good the, the rusks taste. So I'm going to, and I'm, I'm, I hope you notice that I keep these in reserve in my cupboard because they're a go-to brand in my home. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Henty. All the best. And best regards to Fritz. We see you soon. Will do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going from rusks and toffees and all things delicious to a very special location, the Darling Guest Lodge. And we're chatting with Stefan Moser, who is uh, a dapper young man, always uh, very creatively dressed and in top form, ready to show us around. And uh, he, he has a charming guest house and a beautiful, beautiful garden where one could be quite creative and definitely uh, an attractive spot for a digital nomad. Good afternoon, Stefan. How are you doing today? We just said goodbye to the to the king of the remix, and and now you're the king of the rewind, Stefan. Yes, I have to remix. My modern uh, digital device is talking digital nomads. Actually, yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Wonderful uh, uh, to chat with you. It's such a pleasure, Stefan. I uh, I love that uh, you know in the heart of of Darling is this beautifully restored Victorian country home. It's such an oasis of peace and tranquility. It's definitely the kind of unique offering that Darling has. And I felt that it was so important to include you as we profile all Thank things you. Darling because it's it's like that signature sort of establishment. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, it is our guest house, Darling Lodge guest house is actually located in the historic village in the center, right next to the old town hall, which is the museum nowadays, the old school buildings, with now, which now are uh, residential houses. And we got, as you said, uh, uh, that Victorian John, the house was built, actually the main house was built in the 1860s. And there's old, there's one old black and white photo in our reception area where you can see these this old house already standing there there was no church there was no town hall but our building was already there and you can see that on that black and white photo and we try to maintain that old charm that old victorian charm um, that suits us we love we love the style and especially the old house is is kind of breathing with the seasons you know Ah, oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's so wonderful. We have actually in the main house, we have two uh, wonderful rooms with cast iron beds, grandma style, but with a dash of modern elements. We we are kind of modern people, but there's always this 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 combination. That's what we like in when it comes okay. to interior design, to to mix that that old uh, granny style, country style with that modern moment. Can be a flashy color it can be a, a, a little a little uh, design element there and this is this is kind of our approach we have chosen to welcome our guests and to make our guests as comfortable to give them the comfortable feel uh, while they are staying in darling 
That's wonderful, Stefan. Is there a romantic story about how the house came to be? How did you acquire it? It's so funny, you know, uh, me and my partner, Oliver, actually, he used to work in the tourism industry, still works in the tourism industry, actually, for decades. Oh, and, <laughs> and then and then uh, we are originally from Switzerland. That's probably why you can hear our accent uh, from, from from Switzerland to South Africa. And we were just blessed to find this this little treasure, this darling large guest house, traveling from Namibia to Cape Town. And, and then this place popped up. And we were kind of uh, dealing with an escape strategy to escape the okay. rat race in the industries. We were working in the Northern Hemisphere. And there was this darling large guest house with this beautiful, amazing, pepper trees over a hundred years old in the garden and we thought hey why not this is the moment and we fell in love with darling we fell in love with the darling lodge guest house and we fell in love with the people of darling i mean you you had these interview partners telling you wonderful and telling the audience wonderful stories about darling it's true that's what we witnessed when we arrived 10 years ago darling just embraced us and uh yeah that's how we ended up here in Darling, in the in the historic village, and we love what we so do. You were a perpetual tourist. You came and you stayed. Yeah. Darling was uh, not Darling especially, but South Africa was always on our map. We travelled a lot in Namibia, South Africa, and uh, Oliver being uh, now. Uh, is 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 a tour guide as well for uh, South Africa and uh, and all the the people visiting us from overseas or from 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 South Africa from the southern uh, hemisphere. Uh, they just love it. They they, they 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 can adapt. They get that feel. They get that feel that we try to 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 transfer to transport towards our our guests. Well, Stefan, it's been great chatting to you, learning all about the Darling Lodge. It's really fantastic, a beautiful story, and certainly a great reason Thanks. for our guests, our listeners to head out to you. I'm not Thanks sure. I'm not sure if you told the story about the hot water bottle. <laughs> not yet, because <laughs> that was yeah. quite quirky and interesting for me. You know, it's funny in winter time. You you know, South African winters, countryside can be very cold, and so. Me personally, I have this collection of copper hot water bottles, like metal copper hot water bottles I brought with from 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 Switzerland since my grandma used to have one and I used to have one as a child. And so it happened that I I, I brought them into South Africa and we have them in the in the traditional old bay, old uh, style rooms, let's say the romantic rooms with the cast iron beds. So there you will find a copper hot water bottle with a nice sleeve, a nice wrap. And uh, for the for the cold nights, you just pour hot water into that bottle, uh, close the lid, and put it in that wrapper. And there's a, a little text on that wrapper: "An embroidery sleep well and sweet dreams." And then you sleep tight and warm. But I of course, it. we also do electric blankets. All our rooms are equipped with electric blankets. But this copper bottle has got this kind of grandma flair, grandma style added to these rooms. And the guests just love it. As you, I mean, apparently you were so surprised. It, it, uh, you remember the story there. Of yeah. course, of course. It's so special. I couldn't not remember it, Stefan. Well, you know, when I think of Darling, I think of all these quirky, exceptional little pieces of history coming together. And Stefan's and Oliver's establishment is certainly one of those. Stefan, how are the numbers looking now that everything has opened up and people don't have to wear masks in public? Is it impacting your business? It's. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're asking this question. Since South African tourism was really suffering, you, I don't have to go into details. We all have our experience in one or the other way. Uh, prior to COVID, we, we had quite some international guests. We had a nice mix with uh, South Africans and internationals, mostly from the Northern Hemisphere, visiting South Africa and Darling on the West Coast and in the Swartland. Uh, uh, now we are kind of positive when it comes to the visitors of South Africa. We really appreciate, as you mentioned before, um, to to the audience, like visit local, go local. It's no need to drive far or to fly away. 
South Africa has got it, and Darling is one of these destinations. We can see that in our numbers. So, especially for the flower season now, uh, we are rather on the positive path. For the internationals, I assume it's going to take a little while until the confidence into the destination and into long-haul flights is going to be re-established. This takes a little while. And also when we talk to our partners, for example, from Cape Country Roots, this is uh, we are members of that network. Uh, when we talk to these partners, they're all convinced 23, 24, we're going to be back. But uh, up to date, we are facing about 60 to 70% of the numbers prior to uh, COVID, yeah. It takes time. We have to deliver. We have to do a good job. We have to market our destination, our businesses. But I'm absolutely convinced South Africa, the West Coast, Darling especially, has so much to offer. We are such a great destination, generally spoken. And whenever we talk to visitors from overseas, from South Africa, they're all amazed and they are convinced South Africa has got it and we must trust in the positive path. Well, thank you for sharing that, Stefan. It's a very healthy overview of what is happening in tourism generally. <clears throat> we are seeing 60% um, recovery, but we also have to be patient to see the pre-COVID numbers exactly. because it's going to take a while and we have to continue to do the things that you all have been doing in Darling to keep positive, to keep local, to exactly. keep innovating with campaigns. And people are always saying, what are you doing new? You don't necessarily have to create new. You just have to create value within your service offering. Exactly. You have to create uh, awareness of your product. You also have to create a sense of community because that's what attracts people. Because if you Absolutely. collaborate, you're offering a, a complete experience. You're not, people are not just coming to stay at a lodge. They're coming to experience Darling. That's it. Exactly. My, that was my experience when I came. It wasn't silos of experiences. It just flowed from one to the other. So that's, that's happened to you guys in Darling. Absolutely. And I, I can tell you, I mean, just uh, an, an idea what we, uh, during COVID, we, we all had to get creative, you know. So Darling established the Darling Wine Route. That's an, a network project. So all the wine estates are dotted on a chain and you stay in Darling, whether it's with the Darling Lodge Guesthouse or another establishment, you stay over and you enjoy the self-drive on the scenic routes of the Darling Hills. You do the Darling Wine Route, or you just join in with one of the sports and adventure events we got. We got mountain biking. Darling Brew is very strong in mountain biking, uh, mm -hmm. and they do several events throughout the years. Then we have this family and outdoor activities at, for example, in Living Colors. It's 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 a really a family venue. It's amazing, and and that's what adds to the whole experience. So for. All people, many, many walks of life, you know, as, as they say, Darling has always something to offer. There's always something going on. Uh, something especially, Darling, known as an arty place, uh, during the Wildflower Show weekend from the 16th to the 18th of September, there's also an event going on with a market at Darling Brew and an art exhibition at the Marmalade Cat restaurant. So there's local artists exhibiting at the... Uh, Marmalade Cat Restaurant in that in that back barn there, amazing venue, amazing uh, location, and the local artists got together. As you just said, they got together, not thinking in silos, and exhibiting their art. And it's going to be a great weekend. I'm absolutely convinced. Well, if somebody needed to come just for the one, they're going to be so spoiled because they can spend a whole weekend, even make it a long weekend in order to experience all three events that are happening at the same time. And it's a great way to, to retain your guest. <clears throat> so great thinking there from Darling Tourism to bring all of these into one weekend and offering... So many options of how to have fun in the beautiful Darling Yo, area. Definitely, definitely.
Well, Stefan, it's been great chatting to you as always. Is there oh, any yeah. last words before we say goodbye? Listen, I have to I have to hook in with this digital nomad story <laughs> since Please I can do. prove it's true. We do have digital nomads. They stay in our new suites. We have wow. three additional garden suites. So they are very comfortable, uh, rather spacious with a little lounge, with a little kitchenette and and uh, layout for two guests. Uh, Wi-Fi, uh, absolutely. They we are on fiber. Lucky we on fiber, and we do have these digital nomads. They work in the finance industry, and I just had a phone call this week. He called me and said, "Listen, have you got a room available mid end October? I'm hot full. Sorry, the expression. I'm so tired of my boss at the office. I need to work remote. So he escapes his his company's offices." flies to Darling, I mean, we have no airport, flies to Cape Town, drives to Darling, and he will establish his home office at the Darling Lodge Guesthouse for two and a half weeks, works in the morning, lies by the pool in the afternoon, does the wine route, does the beer, does the adventures, does the coastline in Azerfontaine, a 15, 20 minutes drive, goes for a stroll, and in the morning, seven o'clock, there's the alarm clock. There he works remote. And in the afternoon, he has got his open space. No boss sitting in his neck and pushing him. <laughs> I love it, Stefan. It sounds like the perfectly balanced work day. It is. And it is. Uh, we all need to escape our bosses every so often. I think that COVID has put us all under tremendous pressure. Mm. Now with the return to face-to-face to -face and being in the office, a lot of people are struggling. And I don't think all industries have come back 100%. But be that as it may, <clears throat> it's a great... Um, great escape and i hope mm. i will I hope you will have many more escapees in darling it really is the perfect Hopefully. place to escape too and it's been great chatting to you stefan as always all the best to you and oliver on your beautiful darling lodge and thank you for thank your you. surprise thank you janet thank you, you for having me on the very, show you are very busy in september so we'll be sure to let our get our um competition entrance know that you have no availability. How fantastic to say that yet again. It is what it is. We're blessed. We're fully booked. <laughs> we're fully booked. We are so blessed. And uh, we can accommodate you only in October. So thank you for that, Stefan. And all the best. And wonderful to see everybody from Darling again. Henty, Peter Dirk Ace, yourself, Diane LaRue, whom we've chatted to earlier. It's been great chatting to all of you. And... Um, Goodbye, darlings. It's been wonderful. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.